Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me okay? Brilliant. Sorry, that, yeah, I did say that, seeing there's actually no one in the building. So that was, I don't know why I said that. Um, well, look, guys, production team, you're amazing. Thank you so much, guys, for solving that problem. Um, guys, I did not need to go onto the roof to preach this morning. I was going to ask you to open your windows, but thank you, guys. Um, hey, really excited to be with you. Um, just want to welcome you if this is the first time that you are uh, tuning in um, and being with us uh, this morning. Um, I, I had some messages from people. I know Brian and Lucy, you guys are watching it for the first time. So thank you so much. Great to be with you and happy birthday also. And then also, um, yeah, we, I know it was said on the chat, but just an update on how Hannah's doing. I got to catch up with Rob um, Friday afternoon, and I just asked him, you know, how, how are things going? And I asked for three, what points can we as a church be praying today? And he gave us three things just for us to, um, just to be praying for and believing for. The first one was, she is going, looking like to be transferred from the South Mead hospital, hospital to a specific rehab center in Bristol. Now, that transfer um, is set, but there needs to be a space um, available, a bed for her to be able to go straight in there rather than her being in sort of an in-between space. So if we can pray that she has room for the rehab center, moves into. Second, um, continuing strength um, in her tongue, swallowing and coughing, just everything to to do with her, the movement of her mouth. And then it is just, the third one is just strength for her body as she is recovering. So guys, if we can just as a church this week, today, as we think about Hannah, just pray for the uh, quick transfer from hospital to hospital, um, and then um, strength with her tongue, swallowing, coughing, and then just everyday strength. So we will be praying. So yeah, Lord, we just, Father, we just thank you so much for what you've not only, what you're doing, but what you've done in Hannah. And uh, like um, I believe someone wrote on the chat this morning on church, like how amazing it would be the day when Hannah's in here worshiping with us when we're all together. So we standing with you, Rob, and the Young's family. We love you very much. And we'll, we'll just keep you guys informed as more news keeps coming in. So, well, guys, it's a privilege to be back here sharing. And uh, I've decided that I, I want to kind of do a part two on the message that I preached uh, two weeks ago, um, which if you, as you remember, I talked about um, just the, the topic of your calling, and I looked at Exodus 2 with Moses' story and how he was almost in the right place, but in the wrong time, and he took his calling into his own hands, and uh, he did not know did not actually have the belief what we're talking about for the last couple of weeks is that the, the power of I lack nothing. That when you lack nothing, everything comes from God. You do not need to be, you don't need to worry, you don't need to do, you don't need to do anything. It's, it's the sense of that we are, you can be in so much peace in relationship with our Heavenly Father that your life will look different. And I'm going to talk to you part two really about how do you actually find your calling, and we're going to sort of go, go down a few trails. And uh, what, I, what I think I've realized from the first message that I brought, I had just some of the best um, conversations with you guys that listened. I got emails, I had phone calls. I, I absolutely loved it. I love it when, when there's genuinely interaction, hence I'm speaking to green seats right now. But it, it, to be able to know that what, you know, what's being shared from the pulpit is really challenging, provoking, um, and uh, yeah, just making us think. 
Because I just think that's, that's just such an important, uh, I think that, that is just such an important thing that's going on right now for us to recalibrate, to simplify maybe what has just been going on for so long. And it's taken something like this that's gone, going on in our nation right now for us to stop and think and ask the Lord, what are you saying? So I'm just going to pray. Father, I just uh, ask that you would speak um, through me, Lord, the words that you want to share to your people this morning. Father, I know that you're speaking to me as I speak this message. So I, Lord, we just want to be, um, Lord, we want to be trained by you. We want to be discipled by you, Jesus. And, and Father, this, this topic that we're, that we're looking at, I lack nothing. Lord, would that penetrate places in our hearts that have never been penetrated before? Lord, would, would, it, would it hit us in areas, Lord, that our lives are changed by these words? I lack nothing. So I am, um, amen. So I heard this, I heard this phrase um, from a pastor that shared this, and I just thought, it, I just wanted to say it because I thought it was just really fitting around, around the topic calling. He says, I want to set you free today from the pressure that you need to find your calling. You don't have to find your calling because if you serve the Lord, your calling will find you. And it's an amazing tagline, amazing uh, uh, sentence to say. But if you, if you hold the Bible that's in your hand, you know you've got 66 books of people that followed the voice, that followed what the Lord was asking them to do in a set time during a set season in their life. And the word calling actually, actually works perfectly in past tense. So when you look at the life of Moses, you can read his life from beginning to end and say, well, clearly we can see what his calling was because we have his entire life in front of us and we can say, that's his calling. But, because it kind of works really well with it being past tense, I right now, even myself, you that are listening, we are living out our lives still. We have got so many things to do. Regardless of your age, your story is not over. So almost the word calling can be quite confusing when you think, well, you might not feel, well, I'm maybe not in my calling because I don't actually think I've lived my life or I still don't know if I've done what maybe the Lord has asked me to do, or I'm in the discovery side where I'm just deciding, learning who God is and what, how I fit into this story of, of, of the world. But I, but I just know that it kind of takes the pressure off where it, it, it removes this, maybe this, maybe westernized, um, popular title where it feels like you have to find your calling. And I, I really don't want to put that on anyone this morning. I want to remove any pressure that maybe people might be feeling of. As soon as you start talking about this, then you might feel like, well, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. You're out of season. All of those words that actually can leave you more disappointed than actually encouraged. So I, I just want to, I want to talk around about a few things, then I, and then we're just going to pray. We're going to pray, we're going to pray on this. But you're calling... It's not an itinerary, like I said. It's not like a list of things, you know. Like 16 years ago, if you were going to tell me that when I was 16, that in the next 16 years of my life, I would have become a carpenter, I would have been a missionary and lived in Africa, I would have worked in retail with Apple, I would have gone back to carpentry, I would have then moved to America, and then I would be back here in my home church being a part of the team. 
I would not have believed you. It would have been like, no, that, that makes no sense. But with, the, with your calling, if you think it's an itinerary, then you think it's a list of things that God's saying, well, you're going to do this, this, and this. And I just want to say, I don't believe that's what it is. It's not that. I believe right now your calling and whatever, you, whatever the Lord is talking to you about, really how we see this, it's more like GPS than it is an itinerary. It's more like when you give your, I heard this said, when you give your life to the Lord, you are signing a contract at the very bottom and then at the very top, the contract is blank and your life, the Lord begins to fill it out, to fill out what he's asking you to do, who he's called you to be, what, what life is going to be about. And with like the image of GPS, every day if you're in the car and you hit in direction and say, I want to drive to Bristol, it doesn't say Bristol the whole time. What it says is, the first thing it'll say is, get in your car, start moving, take a left, take a right, keep going, stop, take a left again, take a right again. Or maybe the favorite, I realize I, I need help here from the people in this room because I forgot. In America, if you, take the wrong, um, if you take the wrong direction when you're using GPS, it says rerouting, routing. Does it say that in the UK? Recalculating maths. Okay, it's the calcul. Okay, so it goes. All right, so recalculating. Okay, has anyone had the recalculating? Oh, just a few. Just a few. I remember. I remember. I was in a job interview um, when I came back from Africa, and I just remember as soon as I, I was like really excited for this job. I thought it was going to be absolutely amazing, and then literally within five minutes of the interview, I went, "What am I doing here?" This is definitely not what I'm supposed to be doing. So then I spent the next 30 minutes of the interview trying to convince them that I was the wrong person for the job. That wasn't a great interview. But ultimately, guys, our calling, our calling first to the Lord is to himself. He has called us to himself. Like, there is something about being a part of God's family, being born again. The, the goal, it, it maybe is not some sort of, status symbol or, or, or completion of hard work to say it's this. Our calling is to be like him. Our calling is to be like Jesus. Like that's the ultimate call. And that, like if we can first recognize, if we put the bottom part of what we think it is above the Lord, then I think this is where it gets pretty murky and where it goes wrong. Our calling is to be like Jesus. And let me show you something. I'm, I'm going to go back into the Old Testament. I'll, 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 I will talk about Jesus and what he said that I think fits so nicely about this topic. But I, I just love looking at men and women in the Bible and looking and focusing on the decisions that they made in their life about how they, how they got from A to B. So if you look at Moses, we went on Exodus 2. He, he did so many things, so many choices that you see later have lasting effects, not only on himself, but the nation of Israel. But how people's choices affect their life is like the most fascinating thing for me. Like I love people. I love getting to know people. And when I, when I hear what people do and why they do what they do or makes them tick, like it, makes, it just makes me so excited. I love learning about what people are doing with their life and what they've done. And I, I can't help, but it's almost like I can't 
not read the Bible without being aware of the little things that God says to the people. Um, For example, if you took um, David, King David, and as soon as you say the word King David, we think about killing, you know, we think of him killing Goliath, we think of him um, being the, the, you know, the first king of Jerusalem and Israel and all of the amazing things he does. And almost like, I love the fruit and I love what he did. I absolutely love it. But what I get more interested in is what he did before he sat on the throne. It's the stuff that no one re- we kind of read really quickly because we focus on the fruit. But if you look at King David's life and you see that he was a shepherd looking after sheep and, and the challenges, that he, that the inner things, the battles that he had to do, like killing the lion and the bear, like for me, that's where the gold is. Like that there is more important than I believe the fruit because I'm telling you, if you focus on this, the fruit will take care of itself. Like if you focus on integrity and character and and actually how the Lord wants to mold us and form us and focus more on the beginning days of our journey rather than thinking the goal is either a platform or a paycheck or a position at a job, like all of that stuff I think comes later. But if we spent more time focusing on actually the formation and what purpose God has for us in this moment, I think the church will step into its maturity. Because I think we, we probably are really, we're, we're in danger, I think, of just becoming like, sounding like the world, that when I say calling and I talk about, you know, you could say the, like, the words like destiny and all that kind of like really exciting things, but if we miss the relationship part with the Lord, then we actually sound just like the world. Like we actually leave, we actually leave the, the intimacy with the Lord, the relationship the day-by-day stuff, and just focus on the goal of like status or me being the center. Like it's almost like a trap. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you two, two, two verses here, which if we are not ignorant to this, guys, we actually can fall into the same trap. Um, like I said, I focus and I love looking about how God equips men and women in the Bible to fulfill their calling, but how it has really nothing to do with the act. It's more about the integrity character part, the stuff that we probably miss. And I'm going to show you. Everyone turn to your Bibles, Joshua 1, verse 5. (coughs) So it says, this is the Lord speaking to Joshua. And as you know, Moses is dead. So he's died. And uh, This is the Lord speaking to Joshua saying, these words are going to define the rest of your life. He says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life and as I with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous and be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from them to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do anything, to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Like, 
guys, Josh, these verses, the, the, these are like life verses. Like these are verses that like we need to read every single day and actually apply it because there are, there are things in here that the Lord is saying that if you skim over, you miss what I believe is so key and important to what I'm talking today about calling. Is it in verse seven, first of the Lord says, be careful to obey, okay? Obey. We, we, we know what, that, what, what the big word of that is, obedience. Everyone love that word, obedience. Anyone with kids, anyone with kids knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, obey. Obey the law. Now, we, we could easily say that from an earthly sense. We, 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 have, you know, we have structures in our nation. We have police. They, they tell us what we can or can't do. But the Lord is saying, obey me. Obey the commands that I have said to you. And then, what does he then say? Which I think is really cool. And I saw it and I thought, oh, there's, there's like a word study I need to do on this. He says, obey all, the law, obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Now, do you remember the, the, the right to the left? is exactly what I said two weeks ago is what Moses did, Exodus 2. Remember, like he, he looked left and right and he did something that was wrong. Well, God is saying to Joshua the same thing. Obey my law, but do not look left or right. Which is saying that there's something in here, guys, about actually the Lord has already spoken. Where we get into trouble is actually when we, our attention goes to the left or it goes to the right. And then it says, keep the book of law always on your lips, meditate, it, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written on it. Keep the law, the words of God in your mouth day and night so that you will be prosperous and successful. See, can you see what God is saying to Moses? He's not saying, Joshua, I'm with you, go to the promised land. He's saying, for you to be prosperous and successful, for you to do everything that I've called you to do, Joshua, be like Moses and keep your word, keep my words in your mouth day and night. Basically, obey what I am saying. And this is what it comes down to you. Joshua, clearly, we know that he had something on his life. We can look from the beginning to end. We can look at the book. We can see what he did. But there's something that God told him at the very beginning that Joshua obviously did. He kept close to the Lord. He chose to make God his focus, not his calling. He made the day and night part of his walk with the Lord so integral to his walk that he then fulfilled his calling, but it was because he chose God over that. See, if you meditate on his word day and night, what you are saying is, Lord, I'm not looking left or right to the voices over here, to the voices over there, to my current situation, to my job title, to the salary that I'm on, to the disappointment of last week. I'm not looking on to all the things that are trying to stop us from staying connected to who God is. Because these dreams and desires that you and I have in our heart, they only came from one place. They only came from one person. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is saying to us, do you want to come with me on a journey? Do you want to walk with me day and night together in a relationship for this to happen? 
Joshua, Joshua was just introduced to a relationship with the Lord that he wants for all of us right now. I know that there, you, there, if there's like, I feel like there's a stirring, stirring going on over us as a body on this. I, like I was so overwhelmed with the feedback that I got from this that I, like I feel like I'm turning it back on, onto us to say, God, I, I just believe, guys, that the Lord really is on this in a season like this that, hey, like we've been given some dates now that we, we kind of have a rough idea of what potentially this year will look like. But if we do change on those dates, which I so believe, and Lord, please make it happen that we do. But we have an opportunity here, guys, in the frustration and the, what would you say, the limitation of this season to actually answer the question that God is presenting to Joshua. Are we connecting into God in the ways that we should? Are we, are we, are we taking this time to build such a deeper relationship with the Lord? Because you know and I know, if when things open up and then we start using the B word, which is busy, things are going to start changing in our lives where we will look back and say, I think I had more time in lockdown to be with the Lord than any other time in my life. You know, I lack nothing is so freeing when it comes to this subject. Because you know, I, I forgot to bring my Bible up here, that we as people, we have the same hours of the day than, than Joshua had. We have the same, we have the same, we, have the, we just have the same time in our hands. Cheers, bro. We have the same, we have the same access that these men and women had to the Lord right now. I lack nothing. We really lack nothing. But there are, we mustn't be ignorant. We mustn't be ignorant to the distractions that I think are around us that come um, when, it, when it comes to us being getting close to the Lord. There was a, something jumped at me uh, a couple of weeks ago that I'd never really seen before as I was preparing this message. And I want to um, just uh, share it with you. It's it's when Jesus is tested in the wilderness. And I'm just going to, um, I believe we've got, the, we've got the verses for you guys, and I'm going to read it to you. But I want you to see what Satan was tempting Jesus with and what Jesus was replying back to Satan when it comes to do with calling and I lack nothing. Because there were some things that I jumped out of me that I was like, oh, wow, this is really good for us. So it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And then again, 
the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. And then Jesus said to me, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him. The angels came and attended to him. So I want you to see what the enemy was doing to Jesus. It's really clever. All three of these areas of temptation that the enemy threw at Jesus, which was, hey, turn these rocks into bread, um, throw yourself off this mountain so you can be saved by angels. And the third one is, um, I, the enemy showed him every, sing, every kingdom, every, um, everything of man that was amazing. And he said, bow down to me and these guys will worship you. All three of those temptations were all connected to Jesus' calling. All three of those, all three of those situations are all things that Jesus did. We know that he turned, um, he, he multiplied bread. We know that there were times where mobs and people would come around him and try and throw him off the cliff, but somehow he weaved through the people and they were trying to grab hold of him. We know that, that we know that Jesus, every, every knee and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. All three of these things are all connected to who Jesus was and is. And the enemy was saying, do it now, do it now, do it now. But all three of them were, do it now, Jesus, without God. Because all three of those things, Jesus did them at the right time because they were in connection to the Father. But the devil was saying, I know you can do them, so do them now. Do it now. Throw yourself off the mountain, Jesus. Show me. Show me that you can do this. The way that Jesus was tempted, I think is completely exactly what God was saying to Joshua is saying, meditate on me every day and night. And Jesus is saying back to, the, back to Satan, I will not do anything if it's not coming from the Lord. I will not do anything. I love what Jesus says. He says, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I think that, that is such a key in this area when it comes to calling and walking out, walking out your life before the Lord. Serving him first, putting him first above all else. You know, if your calling is to be, if you just know in your bones that you're just like, I, I'm a rocket scientist, scientist and my goal in life is to design the ship that Elon Musk is going to use to land on Mars to make a hotel, amen. But can I ask, please do it with God. Bring him in to day one. Bring him into the very foundation. And let, it, let your dream, let your calling, what, let what is in your heart that you, brings you so much passion, let that be a setting for you and the Lord around a dinner table in fellowship, talking, celebrating. The reason why I'm saying this, I am so shocked and surprised by how many people are building things or believe that God has told them to do something, but they bring God into the decision-making weeks, months, years later down the line. 
They don't actually start with him at the beginning where it's just you and him. They'll go straight to the vision and say, it's going to be like this, 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 and this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not build something without him. Let's go all the way back to what he said to Joshua. Meditate on me day and night. I, I heard this said. I heard this said, and this is good. This is really good. If you think God needs your direction on your life, you will be frustrated. But if you think your job is to take direction from him, you will be delighted in his goodness all the days of your life. You know, on a, on a topic like this, I know when we talk about calling, it does stir, it stirs us. Like it's, it's a provocative conversation because it just involves everything. It, 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 we all have, we all must have something to say on this. But let me throw this. If you are angry or frustrated at God when it comes to this subject, I want to propose it's probably because you're making demands on him that he's not cooperating on. I can speak from experience, specifically on this area, that a number of years ago, I was working across the road in Apple in retail. God bless anyone that is in retail right now. But I was 21 years old, and like any 21-year-old, you know the answer to every question. You've got dreams way bigger than anyone else. And not only do, they, do you have dreams, but they need to be happening right now. And I realized that my job, what I was doing day to day, was not giving me life. But I realized I, I knew that God had given me this job, but it had no connection. I just felt no connection to really what, was, what I knew I was called to do. And what was really funny at the beginning is that whenever I would talk to the Lord about, about it, I would cry out. I would be like, Lord, here I am. Send me back to Africa. Like, you know that this is what, you know, this is burning in my heart. I love people. I love missions. And he would not talk to me about it. He'd be talking to me about something else. And I'd be like, Lord, are you not listening to me? And he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't acknowledge. He, like, he wouldn't even go there. And I, I just remember I got to the point where it was like, I just felt I was around so many people where dreams were being awakened, people were stepping into things that I was like, wow, God, only you could have done that. It was like this season of just like, where, God, where am I? Where, where are you? You say you're the good shepherd, but I think you've forgotten me. I think I'm one of the, the one sheep out of the 99, Lord, like you've forgotten me. Can you come find me? And I remember getting to this point of uh, working this job, just being like, God, if my life for the rest of my life is going to be about helping um, people of a certain age change their Gmail password twice a week, if that is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, Lord, I'm really angry at you. I'm really frustrated. And I just believed that I was out of season, out of place, out of time. Um, I was... You know, like everything about what I was doing was wrong. Everything. And I had no peace. And I think just as it went on, I got more angry and frustrated at the Lord. And of course, you know, if you, can't, if you don't know what to do, you, you know, you, you, you blame God. Because you think that he's punishing you for something. But oh, how I was wrong. And I remember, I remember just getting to the point, just lacking motivation and just feeling like, like, like I was saying, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, and, uh, Amazingly, Jenny Nedfashenko walked into the store once 
and she, uh, she saw me and I said, uh, she said, how are you doing? And I was like, Jenny, I am doing so bad. And I told her why. And then she, she looked at me and went, why don't you just come over, come over for breakfast this week? So I went over and I sat down with Paul and Jenny at an amazing fry-up. And I remember me just pouring my heart out and just being like, this, 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 this. God's got it wrong in this area, this area, this area, this area, blah, blah, blah. And I remember Paul looking at me, and he did this a lot, because you guys know Paul and Jenny, they're just very, very good in these areas. Paul looked at me and he said, Jonathan, you need to turn your frustration into excitement. I was like, Paul, have you heard what I've just said? He's like, yep. He's like, you need to turn your frustration into excitement. And I was like, how, why, what, all of the things. I was like, what are you talking about? And I could not hear what he was saying. Like, it was like, literally, I was like, mate, you, you're, you're speaking, speaking to me in, I don't know, dog language. I don't know what you're talking about. And basically, that word hit me and it took me probably weeks, months later to understand it. And I realized this is what it was. The Lord was more interested in me than my calling. He was more interested in being with me where I was than me thinking I needed to be doing X, Y, and Z. And what slowly started to happen is really it was not like, oh, I finally said I you know what, I, I, I turned my frustration into excitement. No, actually what happened was I just realized that this position, this place where God had put me was actually designed to break me. And I'll tell you what I mean by break me. I mean realizing that I was out of control and that I could do nothing other than serve God. And it was a place of vulnerability. It was a place of challenge. It was just realizing that actually, Jonathan, you can't work yourself out of this. God has put you in the best place possible because he wants to teach you something. And for me, one of the things that I realized in this is that God put me in that space to do something that I did not want, I did not like, I did not have a heart for. It had like, if you, if you were to read my prophetic words that I'd been given over my life, so it was like, my prophetic words are saying this, my job is saying this. And God, in his, just in his faithfulness, in his loving kindness, put me in this place because he wanted to teach me something. He wanted to teach me that no matter where I am in this world, no matter what happens, there is a place of intimacy, of closeness, a relationship that you can have with the Lord, no matter what is going on around you. Like, this is where we learn to say, I lack nothing. Not here. It's... It's when all of a sudden the Lord started changing my mind and thinking, I'm not working for my earthly boss. I'm actually working for the Lord. So suddenly changing emails for 90-year-olds who keep forgetting their password, where I actually know, I think I knew more passwords to people's email accounts than they did. They'd walk in, I'd be like, give me your phone, here you go. It was like, that to me was almost a game where I realized and the Lord was like, I want you to serve me in your job. I want you to stop thinking that you are the center of your prophetic words. I want you to stop thinking that this is life is all about you and start realizing that I'm in you and I want you to be me in that apple shop. 
And I suddenly realized that actually the game was nothing. It was nothing about leaving. It was like, I am in a season here where I have to humble myself before the Lord. And it was in the humility, it was in the humbling that suddenly I start to, I could see with my eyes what the Lord was doing. And it was little things. It was like, he just told me one day, he said, every day you go into work, just walk around the store once and just pray in tongues. Just, just, just pray for the people that you're going to be meeting. And suddenly my job that I was being paid for took a total different turn. And suddenly it felt like, actually, I wasn't working in retail. I was actually just hanging out with God. And my conversations with people started getting really interesting. And I started, we started talking about the Lord with customers and, and, and just random acts of kindness and things where the Lord was using me to do something that he wanted. And I look back on that time and be like, in the time I hated it, but now I look back on it going, God, I, was, I felt I was so under your hand in that time because I was humbling myself and I learned something in that season that actually has ta- I've taken it with me to be like, I lack nothing because I have him. Not because I'm walking and doing things that maybe the words have been spoken over my life, but it's like, that's amazing, but this is the goal. It's to be like Jesus. It's to do it with Jesus. Jesus says it perfectly, so perfectly. He says this, verse 33. I believe it's John or Luke. He says, But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, this this chapter, this break in the passage is do not be anxious. And and, and we know he talks about not anxious for what we eat, what we drink, what we're going to wear, where we're going to stay, for food, all that kind of things. And he says, your heavenly father loves you so much. Don't, don't worry about those things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. A way that I interpret that scripture for us this morning when it comes to I lack nothing is seeking the kingdom is just the question back to you is, what is Jesus saying to you right now? Or what was the last thing he told you? Going back to that GPS analogy, your calling is not an itinerary. It's not a list of things. It's a, the, you know, if you looked into, the, into your soul right now with you and the Lord, does it say turn left? Does it say go straight forward? Does it say turn right? Does it say speak to that person? Pray for that person? I need you to do this. I'm calling you into a season of prayer and fasting. I, I, I want you to meditate on my word day and night, literally, like in the morning and in the night. Like, what are the things that Jesus is asking you to do right now? Because that is seeking the kingdom. That's putting him first above all else. If you seek first his kingdom, then everything else will be given to you. Everything else. Everything else that we've been talking about. This does not work if we are not connected to the Lord. If we, are, if we are not making the Lord our source, making him everything. Going back to like what I said before, taking the pressure off of all of us of trying to find our calling. Because if you serve the Lord, guess what? Your calling will find you. 
There's, um, there's an invitation in this message. And I think if, if there are people who recognize and say, hey, Jonathan, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm relating to you in your time with Apple or just feel like whenever you talk about calling or, or purpose, you feel disappointed or you feel maybe just a bit like, oh, I don't know, I don't really know. I'm not really sure what, where God, where me and the Lord is in that. I got two things. One, pick up your Bibles and read Joseph the story of Joseph, Genesis 37, and then also the first couple chapters in 1 Samuel. And then the third thing, if this is for those who, who want to talk more about this, I'm going to put my email up on the screen right now. And I want you to get in contact with me if you're just sensing that there is a stirring going on specifically on this subject. But if you can read the story of Joseph and the story of Samuel and email me, I want to connect with you. Um, they'll probably... I just know from two weeks ago, there's been a few of you that really want to feel like the Lord is really getting, grabbing your attention on this. So email me and I'll gather you all together and we'll go on a journey together. But I'm just passionate about this subject. Like I just know coming from this house, guys, there are mothers and fathers that are in this body that have helped me get to where I am today just by asking questions. Like I think I have missed long Um, I'd say seasons of being in a desert, not knowing what to do, because I asked a mother or a father that's in this church, hey, what would you do in this situation? I think asking for help is just a sign of humility. Am I right? I think this is what being a part of a body and being a part of a family is all about. Hey, I think I'm stuck. I'm not sure about this. I think I might be going about this the wrong way. How would you go about it? Could you speak into this? Because guys, it's our father, not my father. And your calling has got more to do about being in a community because I believe the Lord will speak to you privately. Then he speaks to you corporately and your friends and family will start to recognize what they see in your life and they'll call it out. So it's twofold. We need, you need your own personal time with the Lord, but then you also need people to be calling it out in you. I just thank you for the, the mothers and fathers that are in this house that have, uh, have done that for me. And it's for all of you too. So I'm going to pray because I know, I just sense like if, there, if like that saying like, oh, don't stir the pot, I feel like I'm stirring it. I feel like there is something on this, guys, that the Lord wants to talk to us as a body, specifically about I lack nothing. I think there is a season the Lord wants to talk to us about this right now because for what's coming, for what's going to happen, we need these times to get our foundations, our integrity, our character so on point for what the Lord wants to do with us. Amen. I'm going to invite the worship band to come on up. Um, guys, I'd love it if you could play that second song again. The second song, Goodness of God. Here we go. I, in, in, um, in preparing um, for this, I saw just that picture of um, the, uh, the, the clay, the, the potter in the clay. You know, that the image of, um, I guess, is it you call it someone, do you call them a potter? What do you call it? People make pottery stuff. You call them a potter. Okay. And the image of a, a huge clump of clay being thrown on a wheel, and then the wheel starts to spin. And the potter, who is trained and knows exactly what, what to do, he wets his hands and he grabs the clay as it's spinning and ever so gently begins to touch the clay. And as 
with the gravitational pull and the speed of the wheel, the clay starts to spin. And as soon as the hands touch, suddenly the clay begins to rise. And by the skill of the potter determines how high and how wide this clay pot is to be. And that's my picture for those who are listening, that I know that there's a stirring going on here. For some, the Lord is saying, can, would you like to get back on the wheel? Because I think for some of us, we've stepped off it. Secondly, for some, some of us, you know, have been on the wheel, feels like for so long, we're so fed up and feel so, we're lacking energy and feeling like, oh my goodness, Jonathan, if I hear another prophetic word that confirms my calling, but validates that I'm nowhere near it, I'm here to say to you, you lack nothing. That the Lord has, has you exactly where he wants you to be. And like I was told, you need to turn your frustration into excitement because the Lord is with you and wants to meet with you. He wants to grow with you. And there are things, you know, sometimes it's not about you. It's actually about the people that God's put around you. And you are being held in a place because you're about to give someone a word. You're about to pray for someone. You're actually about to lead someone to the Lord. You're going to introduce Jesus to them. And that's more important right now than what you think is. Because the Lord knows the beginning and the end. He knows what's going on. He knows exactly what he's doing. So I feel like that, you know, we're going to sing goodness of God because he really is so good. He really is so good. And that image of the, the potter and the clay, Life Church Bath, that, that really is the, 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 the picture of humility of, guys, you don't have to find your call. Your call, if you serve the Lord, your call will find you. And about submitting yourselves under the hands of the Lord and allowing Him to do the work. Father, we just, Father, we give our lives back to you again. Father, Lord, if, if, if there are those who are listening to this for the first time that want to actually join the family of God and, and, and actually want to become born again, I bless you. And you're here because the Lord is calling you and you just need to say, yes, God. God, I, I, I believe in you. Lord, I, forgive me for my sins, but I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again to set me free and that I enter into your family. And... That's for those who need to say that for the first time. But there are those who have been on a very long road, who feel battered, feel bruised, just feel worn out with this journey. And when you hear the word calling, you just think, oh, no. Guys, the Lord wants to meet you where you are because you are exactly where the Lord needs you. Father, we submit our, our lives to you again. Father, we lack nothing. We lack nothing when we are with you. We lack nothing, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just give such a grace to those, Lord, who just feel like they want to give up. They feel like they've been doing this for too long. Guys, you lack nothing with him. Lord, may, may we pray dangerous prayers like, God, do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes to get me to where you want me to be. Father, we choose to look to your face and not your hand. We just want to be with you. The greatest call, Lord, is to be with you. It's to be like you, Jesus. Father, make this house ha a house built upon that, that it's, it's about you, Jesus. We want you because we know that if we seek the kingdom first, everything else will be added. 
We love you, Jesus. Amen.